Mr. Pop. Did the doctor tell you he had a cute ass too or just a cute optimism? He didn't like my ass at all. This is Rock and Roll, your weekly shot of sport and music with Kevin Hillier, Brian Mannix and Mark Fine. Hello everyone and welcome to another edition of Rock and Roll, the podcast that answers that musical question, which of the Nolan sisters did you want to be when you grew up? My name's Kevin Hillier and with me is Brian Mannix. Hello, Brian. Bonjour, you sexy bitch. (laughs) Brian, we're on. Hello. (laughs) Oh, sorry, I didn't realise we were on. So let me say this. Bonjour, you sexy bitch. Are you uh, you uh, practicing for your cameo uh, stuff that you're doing? Are you? I'm playing a French jockey on Neighbours very soon, <laughs> so I'm just getting ready for that. Yes. Did you get a letter in the mail? Um, well, I had to redirect my mail today, so um, I don't know where my mail's going. Okay. And, and my mail is that Essendon are a chance to win the flag this year. Not saying they will, but they're a chance. My mail is that Mark Fine's in great form tonight and is uh, joining us uh, uh, for another edition of the program, uh, and he's he's in scintillating form, Fine. Oh, fantastic. Correct, head gun. Now, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be one of the Nolan sisters, but I would like I, I would like to be one of the there's a bloke Nolan who used to ride this this female and I wouldn't mind being that Nolan. Which Nolan are you talking about? Well Luke Nolan used to ride Black Caviar. Oh he did, yes, Luke Nolan, yes. Still riding very might- well too. Fine, would you mind not stop rocking forward into the camera because it reminds me of Tommy Lee rooting Pamela. Oh, Rance no, we're it, not going there again. And I feel we? like I'm being rooted by you, Fine. I read um, I, one of the hang on, hang on. If Brian feels that way, at least I should finish. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what's that on the screen? Oh, my God. Hey, I, I, read, uh, I read a review of the Tommy and Pammy uh, thing in the Australian on the weekend written by Graham Blundell. Alvin Purple's reviewing well, <laughs> Tommy and Pammy. Shit, I laughed. I thought it was did hysterical. He, did he like it or did he bag it? Uh, no, he actually thought it was pretty good. I think it's great. Yeah, he actually gave it a bit of a rap. I'm looking forward to the next episode. Yeah, I'm sure okay, you apparently, are. Apparently Margaret Pomerantz gave it two <laughs> thumbs and four fingers up. <laughs> <laughs> well... <laughs> Uh, I, told uh, you, I told you he was in ripping form. Hey, now well, listen. I've got to address something first. I just want to do something first. Please address it, Kevin. I do because this has been uh, this has been on my mind since the middle of the afternoon when I was on social media looking for some stuff and checking some reactions from some people to the last uh, edition of this program. And what do I get on Facebook? But a four minute thirty one walkthrough <laughs> of this this heavily made up uh, shorts wearing. Uh, rock star with uh, blondish hair walking through and doing a sad farewell with a with a soundtrack song playing on his phone while he's being filmed walking saying goodbye to every room in his house. It was a very sad moment. Oh, give me a f- break, Benny. No, um, it's I've been very flat all day. In that I, you know, and you know, even though I was mucking around when I did the video. There's kind of a little bit of truth in it. It's like, oh, shit, this is the last time I'll ever lock this door. This is the last time I'll ever open this pantry door. 
And then I was taking the piss out of it. <laughs> there was there was genuine. Well, you should have put that in a like, skip last I, weekend. I, I know it's stupid, and you know because it's a house, but you know, and it's not it hasn't been a home for two years. But there's a lot of memories in that house. Oh no, I understand that. that. And how it, often you did know, you pirouette in that number two bedroom, though? Quite frankly, oh, probably every day, Kev. Oh, okay. Well, there's a Fair lot enough. of pirouetting in my family. <laughs> um, we love the dance. And, uh, yeah, but, yeah, it was a little bit sad. But then towards the end of the day, mm-hmm. so uh, my the, my lawyer sent me a letter saying how much money had been deposited into my account, and that cheered me up somewhat. Oh, did But it? I am still homeless. Hey, um, how long did it take to get the mirrors off the ceilings in the house? Long? Well, there was so much cum on them, Kevin, that they just <laughs> fell off the ceiling. It was weighed so much; it, 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 it all turned crusty I had to ask and that heavy. Question, didn't I? You had to ask the question. Yeah. You know, you thought you were going to get a an answer that wasn't <laughs> as rude as the question. Of course yeah. not. No, I can I can understand. Well, you are now officially homeless, and you're just pushing your shopping trolley around from one Dan Murphy's uh, to the next sexy land to the next, you yeah, know, I'm, red I'm rooster. The most Cashed up homeless person in the world. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's I know, I know it's a big it's a big thing for you to do. To uh, you know, you picked up stumps and you're going to go living. Are you still you're still going to go and live in Queensland? Is that what is that what you're going to do? Yeah, yeah. Um, and if I don't like Queensland, um, I think my second choice would be Darwin. I love Darwin. Yeah. Um, Sydney's not an option. Adelaide's not an option. Perth's too far away. Yep. Tassie's too cold. So it'll be Queensland or Darwin. Um, I'll always come back to Melbourne to work and, you know, might come back a day or two early, catch up with my daughter, you know, catch up with my friends. But, um, no, look, you know, I'm on the last lap of my life and, you know, um, it's time to start enjoying life, not putting off being happy, just let's be happy from here on in. All right. That's right. Sounds fair to me. Now, uh, Mr. Fine, what's your week been up to? You know what Brian's been doing? He's been uh, recording videos in his house. What have you been doing? Anything <laughs> Anything of any great note happen uh, this week? Any visits to anywhere? You've been off anywhere? You've been doing anything special? I've been working 15, 16-hour days, which is quite difficult. God. Mm. And, yeah, you sort of go from naught to 100. You pay the price, but very rewarding. And... I'm just learning a bit of a new life, I guess. I, you know, we've alluded to it, but I bought a delicatessen mm-hmm. and comes complete with a large and um, expectant clientele. So I'm meeting all of them. They've been good. Don't get me wrong. Yep. And, gee, there's so many jobs to be done, you know. You, there's literally you sort of set the shop and deal with all the purchasing and then have the day, sales day and then it starts all over again. And I've got to say, in the morning, you meet the, the early mornings, the newspaper buyers, the people who like the eggs straight out of the chicken's bum. <laughs> and at the end of the day, you get the people coming home from work. Are you still open? No, but I guess for you, I will be. And they're a very different lot of people. I like the early morning crew, but they're in for some bad news, boys. Mm-hmm. What's that? I don't know why people would sell newspapers. It's There's no money in it. It's difficult. And I'm about to put a sign up and I'm phasing them out. I'm phasing out the news. There's no news. There's good news in this joint. You're not going to sell them? No. 
No, they're, you're not. You're not going to sell the Harvey Norman paper. Yeah, that's, yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Now they, 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 you can't even get them all from one place anymore. You used to be able to get them from a news agent. But the Sun and the Australian no longer do that. You've got to fill in things at the end of the week, and it, it's just there's. It's not that there's no money, and it. it's so much work to, to have them in and out and ready for pickup and this and that, and yeah. nobody. And really, the people that buy the paper don't buy anything else because most people now get their news online and there's a few old people, and I'm, I apologise to them, but they're going to have to either rely on technology or one of them's going to have to be the town crier. <laughs> well, I reckon the people that buy the newspaper, my friends that buy it, they buy it for the crossword, the quiz, Sudoku or whatever, if that's in yeah, there. Yeah, yeah, I think Sudoku. you're right. Yep. It's like that and... My other mate is a bit smarter than the other, the locals at, at Skyways. He gets it online, but then he prints out the crossword. You know, oh, okay. it's, all about yeah. the, it's all about the crossword for them. Yeah, you know, I, like, I, I think you that's can get correct. most of the news off the TV and stuff, but the crossword. And a lot of people, my mate Daryl, we, we love talking about Daryl. Um, he gave us that great review of the um, Super Bowl from last week. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Fucking shit! Um, <laughs> oh, there was only two of the words he used. Yeah, no, there was just yeah. I just, Actually, no, was, they were the two words he used. <laughs> it was an abbreviation of uh, Daryl's <laughs> review. Yeah, but um, my other mate, he prints it out and he does the crossword because they love the crossword. And I think you know the crossword is one of the paper's leading uh, assets. Yeah, it's one of the things that you can only really get. In the paper, if you want to do it, it's become such a uh, part of your day. Uh, what's we, taking we its? Should do a, we should do a podcast for across. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't Large Darren Hinch North American dear. Darren Hinch did a, I think, did the crossword book. He was the first one to do a crossword book. It sold like tens and hundreds or hundreds of thousands or something. Really? He's, yeah, he's so. a great man, Darren. Um, you know, he's the man that said he would never ever wear a necktie. And uh, now he's forever wearing a necktie. Mm. He's the man that, um, uh, what did he do? Oh, he loves women. He loves women. They mm. just women are just fantastic. He loves them all. Yet he's never been able to make a relationship work. And oh, Brian, Brian, you've just blown your FM radio future. <laughs> there, is, there is no, there was nothing stupid, supercilious, unnecessary, or done before about that. Yep. Bad boy. Yep. Oh. Yep, that's it. And you're going to have to change your name back to Brian Mannix and Fufu Lapu or whatever it was. <laughs> <laughs> like, <laughs> I at Triple M, come over the next hour, because a new one from Madonna plus Prince, and don't forget if you're our third caller, you'll win. Fuck all. <laughs> Rumble Stilts getting in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> it's Fifi Cock and Penis. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Uh, good, good episode so far, Ken. Oh, look, we're going to March 19, 1967. That's our chart this week uh, from uh, the Greater 3UZ. Oh, well, your your favourite uh, song as a kid is number one, Snoopy. I'll read you the top ten. Number one, Snoopy versus the Red Baron by the Royal Guardsman. Number two is Georgie Girl by the Seekers. Number three is I'm a Believer by the Monkees. Number four, let's spend the night together in Ruby Tuesday by the Rolling Stones. Five is they won't. There won't be many coming home by Roy Orbison. What a heavy song that is! I didn't even know it until I heard it today. Uh, number six is Green Green Grass at Home by Tom. Ooh. Seven is Pamela Pamela by Wayne Fontana. 
Uh, eight is Moving Man by Buddy England. Nine is Sorry by the Group. And ten is Happy Jack by the Who. Wow. It's not bad. Not a bad top ten, really. A couple of songs in there. I like the top ten. That Roy Orbison song, I never realised um, how heavy the words of that were. I, I, I vaguely remember it and then I, I thought, I, I don't know well, so I'd have a listen to it. But wow. Talk about your anti, anti-war anti song in the middle of the Vietnam crisis. Hey, well, you just said anti-anti-war song. That's pro-war. Uh, what is? Did you say? Oh, no, no you, you. Oh, sorry, because I said anti-anti, yeah. <laughs> sorry. Yes. Yeah, yeah, no. It, uh, the, he actually, the lyrics of it go, there won't be many coming home, maybe 10 out of 20, maybe 10 out of 20. Then he goes, maybe 5 out of 20. And then by the time he gets oh, to the- I know that song. That's about Vic Rock. Yeah. And <laughs> by the time he gets to the last uh, verse in the song, there's none out of 20 coming home. So it's an incredibly heavy song, that. And I think- mm. I was reading. Did you email? Sorry. Kim. Yes, I did. You emailed it. Yes, too, I did. Yeah. The 3UZ chart from March 19, 1967. I emailed it and I sent it on the phone. Yeah, I couldn't see it on the phone. I'm too blind. But uh, <laughs> do, you ever, do you ever contemplate the fact that if you put the glasses on, you see better? Well, I haven't. Actually, I'm going to go and get them. That might help. You guys ch- chat amongst yourselves. We will. We'll just, we'll just chat here while you go and grab your glasses. Um, now, finally, I wanted to ask you, the footy season well, is... Well, while he's gone, mm-hmm. maybe now's the time to do it. Yeah, what? Well, I thought I was going to get in a lot of trouble doing my Chinese accent last week. Mm-hmm. Did, and you didn't? Well, I had, a, I had a few people listening to the podcast of... I'm back. Yes. ..that, yes. that um, contact me, mm-hmm. and they loved it. So maybe you can be politically incorrect. I, I think, think you can, not- but I'd see. I don't think. I think you you were right when you said last week. Just because you do an accent doesn't mean that you're making a racist comment about anyone. Yeah, of course not. This guy's just funny, and I and I, I worked him out. You know when I worked the guy out, I, I walked in the shop once, and there were these Aussies just walking past me a bit half cap because it's near the Balaclava Hotel. One <laughs> used to be one of the um, real step downs, both physically and. Intellectually. Yeah, it's just, boy, was that a place. Yeah, it's yeah. up now. But um, these guys sort of staggered in there and they put on one of his giant oversized sombreros and he said, I don't know, very good on you. I like the hat. And the guy goes, yeah, it's not bad. He goes, it's good for a sunny day. And I said, in Mexico. And he goes, yes, yes, he's a Mexican hat. You know, he just, he loves selling. So I thought I'd take advantage of him. But, you know, I... There was a, I went in there, and I also like getting on his nerves a bit. I've got to admit that. Yes. And I went in there, and I was just singing. I was a, but I made up the song, Happy Hills and Happy Days and Everybody Wondering, Wondering Away. And he goes, you've got a very nice voice. And I'm walking through the store, and I'm, I thought, well, see how nice he thinks my voice is in a minute. And I started picking up these things, more expensive items. Lovely day, and I'm walking in, walking. Oh, you're so happy singing, but I like your singing. <laughs> I bring all the things up to the front. And I kept singing, and he kept complimenting me. And, and there have been nine things there, and he starts ringing them up. And I'm singing, lovely day, and it's a happy day, happy day to be in your store. And he goes, $142.95. <laughs> I said, oh, thank you. I'll go home and ask mother whether I'm allowed to have them. Go, what are you talking about? Uh, I said, oh, I'm, I'm not in control of my own money. I'm not cap- I'm not competent. He goes, oh, what are you talking about? 
you should tell me beforehand. And I kept looking up the aisles. I kept up the aisles singing. Happy day. And he goes, he goes, stop singing. You know you're the customer. <laughs> and I come up the front and I'm still singing, looking on the mountainside. He goes, oh, stop singing now, please. Yeah, we're not coming in. I said, you said I had a good voice. He goes, actually, you have a terrible voice. <laughs> I said, what do you mean? He goes, I was being nice to you. You have a terrible voice. Stop singing. <laughs> I said, that's real. That's not. That's really upsetting. I said, so I don't have a future singing. He said, oh, you can sing outside. <laughs> away from the shop. <laughs> so why did you sing across the road? Did you trickle the shop? They could like it. But not in this house, boy. <laughs> so that was the end of my singing career after I, after I chose not to purpose. Uh, you know, you're uh, going you know to have a totally different attitude now that you're the person behind the jump on that side of the jump when the customer it's comes so in. It's so funny because I really do – I've got a very different attitude. By the way, I put up with a heck of a lot, but you do <laughs> because, I mean, customers always right. Yeah, you do. You do. Um, but I don't turn on them if they don't want to buy something. <laughs> I, I really, the guy's yeah. great. You know, he's these. Where people, is he? I want to go to his shop. <laughs> Balaclava. Singing. Carlisle Street, Balaclava. And yeah, Carlisle Street. There used to be about five two dollar shops, but they've all closed down except for his. Now it's a ten dollar shop. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and I went in there. The main one across the road closed down. And I knew he didn't like it. And I went in there when it closed down. I said, Oh, well done. He's got he goes, he was not allowed to do ten dollar haircut. <laughs> and I said, yeah, yeah, you have a lot of customers. He goes, you can't do that. I cannot just start serving spring roll here. You need a permit. Now, people say, oh, you ring council to get him stopped to do that. I said, I didn't know I have to ring the council. He has a sign. It could be anybody. He goes, people don't have done $10 haircut. I said, you should do $10 haircuts now. Was I am not a hairdresser, and anyway, <laughs> the council will not let you do it. I said, you seem to know a lot about whether you can or can't do it. I made inquiry. <laughs> in other words, he dubbed the bloke he in. Him in for sure. <laughs> yeah, how bloody obvious is that? <laughs> anybody, it's the same. I mean, why me? Why everybody say you did it? <laughs> anybody. Oh, that's it's hysterically funny. Yeah. Oh, he's 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 so good. You've got to go there and try the product because he's, you know, they've got everything in those stores. What's his name? Oh, who knows what his name? <laughs> but, but who cares? He, his, he always tell, talks his wife to his wife about. Me. I'm like, you gonna help? I said that's about me. It's, it's not about you. <laughs> I'm really angry, staring at me. It's not about you. Well, you don't speak Mandarin, do you? I said, no. He goes, well, it's all about you. <laughs> if he says that again, you say, Nihoma, which means yeah, how well, are you in Mandarin. Yeah. That might confuse him. Yeah. Oh, you wanna, Brian, you want to have fun? <laughs> Go in there and try the glasses on with the penis nose. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I'll have to leave my pair at home. But, oh, uh, yeah. There's going to be, there's going to be, there's going to be. Rick sell that to me, and and because I didn't realise it was a penis nose, he he sort of hid the fact from me. That's oh, very good for a party, yes. <laughs> there's going to be retail retribution for you in this finey somewhere. Well, look, I, I like this guy. He's got and no I, scruples. I, I, I've set a lot of business his way. No, 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 not that way. I reckon you're gonna you're, you're gonna have you're gonna find somewhere a Mark Fine. 
type customer is going to come to your shop? Mate, I, already found, I found I found a woman today. We don't sell eggs by the half dozen. She asked. I said yes. Uh-huh. I then tried to break the box in half, but I broke an egg. And she said, I hope you're not giving me the half dozen with the broken egg. I said, of course not. <laughs> and then she looked at the – I did it, and she goes, well, I can't take them in that. The carton's broken. I said, yeah, well, I had to break it in half for the six eggs. She goes, no, I don't want them. Oh. I've now got 11 eggs for sale if anyone wants 11 free eggs. <laughs> In a broken carton. Yeah, well, oh. she must have thought I was a magician. And here's a new carton. <laughs> it's just, here's one I prepared earlier. Yeah. Do, you know, do you know what I'm hoping, Finey, is that yep. a little man walks in and goes, I'm thinging in the shop. I'm in the shop. Where are my lessons? Where are my lessons for the orange? You know what I'll say? You've got a very nice voice. (laughs) (laughs) Then he breaks into pressure down. (laughs) Now, Kevin. Yes, Brian. I do not have the um, the uh, the uh, chart. On Facebook, on um, on internet, on email. You, uh, you want to go through the? <laughs> you know. Well, I've got Aaron. I've got the links. I've got the Crocker link, the G Wayne Thomas link, tonight's link, McManus link. But I've got the 1988 chart. That's the last chart I've got. Could you uh, send well, it through? For oh, me, I'm please? just going to share it with you right now, Brian. Thank you, darling. Just, do, just don't, darling me. If you. Pirouetting range you of stop singing! Out. You stop singing! You <laughs> terrible singer! You sing outside! <laughs> Sorry, is this, is this, your, is this your new new faces uh, audition, is it, Brian? Is that what happened? Oh, I just love this character. I think he's fantastic. And thank you, Fanny, for um, sharing him with us. <laughs> you actually have terrible voice. You actually have terrible voice. <laughs> <laughs> you do the voice so well. Uh, it's not racist, it's acting. Well, it is yeah, acting. Yeah, it is. I mean, it's, you, you know, know well, I tell you what, you. when you go back and look at something sometimes and you see what 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 we got away with many, many years ago, and oh, we didn't get away with it many years ago. Well, what we found funny many years ago, and I still find funny now, but you can't, you're not allowed to apparently find it funny now. Um, oh, oh, Jack yeah, Smithhurst, the, um, the Eddie yeah. Booth from, uh, he, he passed away this week, and I was reminded of some oh. of the stuff that they used to do. Love thy oh, you bloody nignog. <laughs> oh, just. Get up, you white honky. <laughs> but the thing about that show was, yes, he was racist. Yes. But it always backfired on him. He was. Yeah. Yeah, you know, he didn't prosper. No. It, Bill that, was, that's the whole thing. I mean, if you look at these things in entirety, they're not, they're anti racist because the, they. There was justice in, correct. in the way everything turned out, yes. You big white honky. <laughs> yeah, and basically the women were the ones that really won in yeah. that, in that, yeah, yeah, yeah. you know, um, Eddie Booth was just, he's just a fucking disgrace. Excuse my French. Um, was that Kevin, French? I to, Jeez, I didn't realise I spoke French. Je suis yeah, Olivier avec Nicole. Spoke, you speak fluent French. <laughs> the <laughs> <laughs> Uh, no, he was. I mean, it, look, it was uh, the 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 names and all that. Uh, the, the, the derogatory terms are unacceptable. No, no oh, one, uh, yeah. no one I says mean, that. Disgusting, you know. And you know what they used to say in that. Well, if everybody's accepting of it, you know, in the show, then it's okay, I guess. Well, hang on. They said something regularly on the show that will never be okay. What was that? I'll have half. <laughs> 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 yeah, but but. Eddie came across as the biggest dickhead, 
Bill came across smarter than Eddie, but he got sucked into it, so he was a bit stupid as well. Yeah, correct. That's exactly right. And then right. you had um, Eddie's wife was, you know, the two girls, the wives were far smarter than the men. So it was really a, a pro-women show in a lot of ways. It was. And that that breakthrough episode where that the two women got together and had sex was probably – <laughs> one of the one of the my favourite things that I fantasised about that never really happened. <laughs> it was the, right up there when Reg Varney was kissing some girl half his age on his um, chair in the okay, front room while, 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 <laughs> the, while his mother and Olive and Jack were out. Or not Jack, Arthur. Arthur, yes. He was, he was just mean, Arthur, wasn't he? He said so many nasty things. Quite frankly, Olive, I don't care if you live or die. Oh, that was the yeah the uh, uh, yeah that's right the the bald headed bloke wasn't he? He yeah, was yeah. The, bra- the he lived in the house with them. The best thing about that was that Jack Clark, the other tram, the bus driver, missed the teeth. Yeah, he was the he was like, he used to pull the birds. You see, <laughs> he he was the ladies man. He pulled the birds with them teeth of his. <laughs> oh, that new clippy. <laughs> I think she got a thing for you, Stan. And then I watch her go up the stairs and they're looking up her dress yeah. and they're up yeah, yeah. And like, oh, Stan, oh she's a nice bit of crumpet, isn't she? Yeah. I mean, Good bit of crumpet, you want to get a crack of that? It's like, uh, fucking hell. Yeah, and then, you know, there was that episode where Olive became the commie and, and Reg Varney, Stan goes, now, I'm warning you, I'm warning you, do not under any circumstances let them look up your dress. Because I want to see your knickers when you're going up the second story of the bus. So be very careful. <laughs> Thank you, Stan. And at the end of the night, now they didn't see your knickers, did they? No, I wasn't wearing none. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. she was quite an attractive woman um, before she was made up for the show. Oh, really? Yeah, apparently, she's. Um, you know, yeah, she looked terrible on the show because that was her role. But apparently, um, off off screen, she was quite an attractive young lady. There you go. There you but, go. Yeah, she was, and it sounds like I'm a nice guy. <laughs> <laughs> Honestly, Mannix. Now, have you found yeah. the chart on your phone? No, I want it on my on my email. Well, I can't send it to you on my email because I haven't got email capabilities in the studio. Oh, I'm going to have to go and find my phone, Kev. Well, I thought you had your phone with you. You have it with you every other every other show we do. You have your phone with you because it goes off 14 I know. times. I know, but to I find. Had... There's nothing in the house. Right. <laughs> Another Chinese story, thank you. Uh, find it. I'll be back. <laughs> the Mannix interlude breaks are, uh, are peppered by the, uh, the finey uh, stories. I wanted to ask you, um, footy's not far away. They're cutting prices. They're doing all this. Um magnanimously giving the fans, you know, control of the game and wanting the fans back at the game and all that? What do you yeah, make? All, all a bit of a PR ploy, but you know what? It is the people's game. And if that helps some families or individuals get to the football because it can get very exy, yes. then that's a good thing. So, yeah, oh, you can be cynical about these things. I'm not cynical say- about it. I'm more uh, don't don't pretend that you weren't the people who put the prices up to that before you've now cut yeah, the prices down. That's true. Yeah. So, you know, I live near the MCG. I get to see a fair bit of the foot tra- traffic to the sport at the moment. And I wouldn't say the place is throbbing in the non-football season. It really needs footy to make it fill up and, and live and breathe. Yeah. In fact, the other night I went out, actually came home from work late, and there were these a few people sort of gathering, walking around my house. 
late at night or what are you, what are you lot doing? And I realised they were all wearing, wearing straw Lincoln cricket tops and I had forgotten that there was a game. Oh, there was But I did notice one thing. There would, no, there would have been 10 Sri Lankan fans for every one Aussie fan. Yeah. Uh, In terms of colours, anyhow. Yeah, I reckon uh, I reckon we're at we're cricketed out a bit at the moment, and I'm not sure that too, too many too too much too much piffle, isn't there? Yep, yep. These international T20 series that they play, best of five series. Honestly, no one cares. That's the thing; they're not playing for anything. What are they playing for? No, I've got no idea. Back, fellas. I just want to say how much I care about the T20 games that they're playing at the moment. That Sri Lankan <laughs> one was fantastic. What, what is the score again? About? What? How much? Do, how many did Glenn Maxwell make in that last in that fourth game, Only Brian? About Twenty-five, I think. How, of how so many furious. balls did he make that off? Oh, I mean, he batted well. English batted well too. But that then I, they were talking about the team. That's not the team that they're going to take to the T20 World Club Cup. You'd have to put a big question mark over Finch, wouldn't you? I mean, he's oh yeah, he's struggling a little bit. And then Richardson's a good bowler. Sam's he won't be in the team. I guess he'll play. Uh, definitely Hazelwood. And will the captain play Cummins? I don't know. Not the captain of that team. No. Um, I don't know. I don't know. There, he's not. He's not. He's not a specialist T Twenty bowler, really, is he? No. And. and I mean, Zampa's good, so he'll play. I guess they start, their team has a bit of shape to it, but I reckon it's going to be a pretty even comp, actually. Yeah, Steve, uh, uh, Stoinis is in, Maxwell's in, um, the wicketkeeper Inglis, I think he's in, Richardson's in. I don't know whether Stark plays in that or not. Um, Hazelwood, you mentioned, he's definitely be in there. Um, McDermott, yeah. McDermott up the top, he'd, he'd be in it. Um, yeah, so it's, it's a bit different to our testing. But you're right, there's, we're cricketed out. AFLW's in, in a bit of pain at the moment. The girls are demanding, quite rightly, a full season or, or leave us alone because they're making a commitment, some of them getting serious injuries, and they, they really don't earn anywhere near a wage. So why take out a big chunk of your year, move around Australia just to play a filling competition? Well, it's almost like we're pretending that it's a competition, and it's not because we're not we're not giving it a time slot. We're not giving it uh, the money that it, it. Everyone keeps telling us it deserves, and we're just sort of putting it in this little gap before the the men's season starts. Um, it, it doesn't seem to have any credibility, to be honest. Let them play before curtain raises. Yeah, curtain raises. Yep. You know, that'd be good. But, yeah, that's big you know, they, they're kidding themselves if they're saying, oh, we want to be fully professional by 2026. Like, you know, that's fair enough. They work hard and that sort of stuff. But it's all about bums on seats. You know, you can be the best band in the world, but if nobody comes to see you, you're not worth much. You're the most shit band in the world, but if you're packing the crowds out, then you're worth money. And it's the same principle with thing. You know, if you're pulling – you know, enough money to finance that everybody be professional, that's great, but you can't just expect, you know, to be paid like the men when you're only pulling, you know, a one-twentieth of the crowd. Yep. Quite correct. Yep. You are correct, bro. Yep. The economics, brave, the economic uh, argument there is you can't argue against it, to be honest. Well, the emotional argument is like, well, they're doing the same job, they, you know, and fair, you know, so they, why aren't they getting the same? But they're not getting the same because they're not attracting the same kind of crowds. And, you know, maybe that'll change down the road. But, you know, you, you know, um, 
if you hire Brad Pitt to be in your movie, it's probably going to cost you $10 million and a percentage. But if you hire Brad Shit to be in your movie, you probably get him for a couple of grand and um, no back-end points for him. You know, it's... Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, I've made the point and I'm overdoing I mean, that's it now, bullshit. aren't I? <laughs> that's, that's pretty, I've got to say, Brian, normally I'm on your side, but that is absolute bullshit. What? Really? <laughs> I've just looked it up. There's no actor called Brad Shit. <laughs> well, not There's yet. There's a Brad Sink, Brad Shipley. Oh, no, no Brad, Brad Shipley Shipp- is who I'm talking about. And oh, there's Brown Shit. I don't know who he is. Brown Shit. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just looking it up. Goodness me. All right. That's a hyphenated surname, Errol Brown Shit. Errol Brown Shit. Errol Brown, the lead singer of uh, Hot Chocolate. Yeah, that's right, shit. Well, brown shit, yeah, it sounds like he's still the lead singer of hot chocolate. Yeah, yeah. stop it. Uh, you started this, Kevin. Now, really anything else you want to bring up before we get to uh, the uh, the chart for this week? Uh, the Winter Olympics are over. Have you seen the um, you seen the trailer yet for the Elvis, Baz Luhrmann's Elvis film, Brian? Yeah. Looks good. Although I, I was a bit sort of like... When I heard Tom Hanks, I think he's doing a Polish accent, it's like, oh, this is a bit weird. But then, you know, because we've just seen pictures of Colonel Tom Park, we've never really heard him talk. He heard him, yeah. You always thought he should. would talk like Colonel Sanders, didn't you, really, to be yeah, honest? Yeah, you always be just like, well, it's my boy <laughs> and I, I got 50% of this guy. Elvis, and, Elvis. But, no, he was an illegal immigrant and that's why Elvis never toured the world because Colonel Tom Parker thought he wouldn't get back into America. But um, Where was he yeah. an illegal immigrant? From the name Tom, like that, Tom Parker was well. He's probably Tom Park and Vichyakar, but um, I think he's Polish. Oof. I'm not sure that could oh. be wrong well with that. But um, he—that's why obviously I think he did one brief tour of England in about 1958 or something. But um, he never could tour around the world because Colonel Tom Parker wouldn't let him because if Colonel Tom Parker left the country. He might not ever get back in. Okay, there so. you go. It looks inter- in- it looks interesting. It looks the the four minute trailer, or whatever I saw today. I watched it today. I went wow. <laughs> well, the the guy uh, Austin Tumbers or something. I don't know what his name is. Yeah, I've never heard um, of him. But he, he's he's a good looking guy, and you know you need Elvis to be a bit of a spunk. Yep. And um, I think they've made um, Tom Hanks look terrific too, and. All of the scenes that they've recreated, which you just see, you know, the 68 special and um, look like they've done a real good job with that. Uh, and all done here. Lot. Yeah, Queensland. Yeah. And um, I think Sydney, probably they did the interiors. In I Sydney, think they did most film the Gold Coast. Yeah, well, that's that's my home, mate. That's where I live. There you go. You can go up there and be an, an extra on the – well, you can't be an extra on the Elvis film, but you can go up there and uh, you can do Elvis shows. Man, I ain't going to do no extra, man. I'm, I'm a king. You, could, right. you could do Elvis shows. I'll be big Darling, in Queensland. you lied, but I'd rather go on hearing those lies than living without you. Elvis has got a song in this chart that we're doing, this 1967 chart. Oh, yes. Just as well. Fools Fall in Love, uh, number 26, Elvis is in there. Some weird and wonderful stuff in there as well as uh, as well as that. Now, anything else you want to uh, mention before we uh, we move on? I mentioned the Winter Olympics, Dave. Uh, we've talked about the footy. That's uh, Ash Barty and this this rubbish about complaining about having a sip out of a beer. My God. 
you know, we've been watching Vetus Gerolitis years ago finishing a thing and celebration snort of coke on the TV. <laughs> Nobody worried about that. And, you know, she's having a sip of a Corona. What a <laughs> fucking storm in a ke- teacup. Mm. But I would like to mention. Yeah, but, but oh, oh, it's I, Corona. I, yes. I went, the doc- I went to the doctors today and uh, it's not great news. Um, how do I say this? Um, apparently I'm suffering from acute optimism Mm. and if I'm not careful, it could turn into extreme optimism Mm. and then I'll be have to have blood tests and injections every day. Mm -hmm. So, um, I'm just hoping a little bit of misery can come my way to, uh, fend off this acute optimism I currently have. So I'm sorry to worry people about that, but okay. uh, I what wake up in the morning about? with this. Well, I've got nothing to be optimistic about. That's Correct. Right. We're about to point that out. I'm, wa- <laughs> I'm waking up in the morning with a smile on my face. It doesn't matter what the weather's like. I still think it's great. And, um, you know, these are the early signs of it. But if you leave it unattended, mm. before you know it, you're extremely optimistic and bordering on into happy and content, and that's, Place you don't want to be. Does does that does any other associated illnesses come with that as well, Brian? Like you know, uh, random stupidity. Well, it, they say that it could, uh, Kevin. But um, mm, okay. I'm optimistic. Well, this is the problem. I'm optimistic yeah, that it won't yeah. happen. Yeah. You know, I'm just looking in my glass now. There's hardly anything in it, but I think it's half full. <laughs> Who farted? Hey, that's good. Oh, Jesus. I'm very pleased for you. Yeah, me well, too. Yeah, I'm happy. You know, it's 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 a disease that nobody talks about much. Well, it's certainly one that Rowan doesn't it? Acute <laughs> optimism is it's crippling it's crippling Australia, and I think it's something we need to look at and let's um you know. Did the doctor tell you you had acute ass too or just acute optimism? He just he didn't like my ass at all. Really? He said, no. But he said my optimism it's was a hole in fucking us. unreal. I mean, the, my my mum's doctor, my mum went there, she's 93, yeah. and she said she she wasn't feeling great. My doctor said, I think you've got acute anxiety. And she said, <laughs> seriously, though, what's the problem? <laughs> <laughs> Thank God your mother doesn't have a Chinese doctor. That's all I that can would say. Have, that would have sent her into <laughs> acute optimism, no doubt. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it gets back to her. Everything I say about on, I've said about on radio and podcast gets back, and she sits on it till the right time. I know you said it. I know you were talking about my vagina. <laughs> I wasn't talking about your vagina. It's a joke about vagina. She says, "Don't make up words." <laughs> and the little Chinese man comes in. No, you not say that. Do not to cute vagina. You don't speak. Oh, he's got, he's got his ten dollar. I'm sure he's got his ten dollar obstetrician kit in there. <laughs> the ten, what was the, to go with the ten dollar haircuts. <laughs> no, no, he's, he's got a ten. No, I'll tell you, he's got a ten dollar dentistry kit. Yeah, yeah, that's the one with the with the hacksaw yeah, thing. Hacksaw. What's it yeah. called? The mini hacksaw. Uh. Mini hacksaw. Uh, you know, this is official. Dentistry equipment. On All right, that. here's your here's your here's your mission, Finey. You've got to go in and see if he's got a ten dollar if he sells gynecological uh, gynecological kits. Yeah, he won't he won't sell that, but he, officially, but he'll sell me anything. <laughs> 
<laughs> he won't sell it officially. Now, look, this is, I'm going to be very tacky uh, here, but. Uh, oh, no, don't. Oh, what do you mean? Don't, what do I mean, don't? You already have. Well, no, look, you're talking about the cheap gynecological gear. Um, gynecological. Back in the 80s when things were far more free, um, oh. a friend of mine told me about the, the working man's vector scope. And essentially, it was a milk bottle with a torch. Mostly looking for milk. <laughs> no, look, you know, you can work Great. it out. Or don't work it out. It's probably better if you don't. But um, milk bottle and torch. And most people don't even know what a milk bottle is today. You reckon people? Funny, you know. What was what was it? What was it acting as? Instead of a ve- it was the working man's vector scope. It's funny. So you say vector scope. Mm. And don't pass any extra comment. But then you say milk bottle, and say most people don't know what a milk bottle is. What's a bloody vector scope? Would more people know what a milk bottle is or a vector scope is? That's an interesting question. Hang on, I don't know what either are. Victor, vector. Well, what is it? Good question. What is a vector scope, Brian? It's a it's a device, I believe, for um, checking out a, a, a an acute agina. Oh, okay. If you know what I mean. Think so. Mm. We'll it's move on. A, it's a it's a like binoculars for the below. Right. Yeah, I well, believe something yeah. like that. I don't know. I don't. Haven't you, haven't don't you ever like heard? Haven't you ever heard? Don't look directly into the sun. <laughs> <laughs> March 19, 1967. <laughs> Let me take you back to that, boys. Oh, about yes, time. Let's go there. When Snoopy and the Red Baron were as, as you know, as, as raunchy as it got on the uh, top of the uh, Greater 3UZ chart, they had a uh, fabulous little lineup of uh, talent on the side of the chart, tells you who was doing all the shifts. Uh, Ken Sparks was, uh, was doing uh, Monday to Friday, 7 till midnight. Uh, Alan Lapham was doing, uh, I think, the breakfast show there. Don Rainsford was, of course, a great, I think, cyclist um, and did a lot of sport calling. He was he was on the air there. Stan Rofe was, of course, uh, one of the big uh, players. John Vertigan, senior, not junior. Uh, and Johnny Chester was doing Midnight to Dawns before he's singing. He was singing at those days, but uh, before he sort of became more of a singer than a DJ, he was a DJ on... 3UZ, the greater. And uh, you're going to kick us off, Mr. Fine? Yeah, I like put Johnny Vertigan in my best. I, like, <laughs> I mean, I like John Vertigan. I don't know whether he's senior or junior. I used to go fishing with him. Um, okay, I'll start off with my worst, mm-hmm. third worst. Right. And only, I mean, really. We've already got stuck in the Inglebird Humberdick, but I'm going to get stuck into him again. The, this is the old Parolee's favourite song. Please release me, let me go. And you know what? What is that doing in a rock and roll chart? Elevator. Oh, I don't love you <laughs> anymore. Oh. Yeah, you know, not good. Not, not really for the young folk. Oh, God, no. No. Oh. And this was, yeah. but this was top forty radio when everything that sold. Some of the people who are in this top forty are quite unbelievable. To waste our lives would be a sin. You've got very good voice. <laughs> really, <laughs> you sing outside. I thought you sing. You are terrible. Actually, it's a terrible voice. Just, just a customer. 
All right, Engelbert gets number three in the yeah. bad. What's number three in the good, Finey? Number in the good is Sunny and Sure, And I really like the beat goes on. And the big, you know, I think it's a pretty cool song. Yeah, me too. I agree. I think it's a really cool song. Yeah. Lovely bass line on it. Uh, yeah, no, really good. And I, they were, they were good, Sonny and Sure. They were very a very entertaining uh, ensemble, both on, you know, on, on stage and obviously on television as well. They were good. Yes. Mr. Mannix, have I given you enough time to have a look over the chart before we uh, you jumped have into given, it? and I appreciate that very much. What, have, what have you come up with in the good and the bad? Well, I think um, bad. I'm just going. Look, you know, obviously, I haven't had much time to prepare, but oh, you've uh, had a week. Well, apart from that, Kevin, yep. um, <laughs> don't Kevin me, Brian. <laughs> <laughs> I think I'm going to say. Um, uh, for my bad, yep. I'm going to go for, I think, what was it, um, summer something. Um, summer. Summer wine. Oh, summer Nancy. Wine. Nancy Sinatra. And I like Nancy normally, but I don't think summer wine was, was my cup of tea. In fact, it was a, a summer wine rather than a cup of tea. Yes. Which, of course, made it not a cup of tea and, of course, not my cup of tea. So right. I apologise to young Nancy, who I love her boots that were, of course, made for walking, mm-hmm. and that's just what they did. But, um, okay, now, there's so many good ones in this one, Kevin Finey. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to go for, uh, I don't know what number it is, Kev. You can probably see it better than me. Yep. But Tom Jones, the green, green grass are home. Number six. Then all week. Look around me. Four green walls that's around me. And I realise, yeah, I was only dreaming. Oh, ho, ho. Fantastic. Now, is he about to get hung in this? Is that what this one's about? Yeah, you, all the time he's going home to see his family and he's going to see the old tree, but then he wakes and he realises that he's in jail. There's a sad old padre, you're giving him his last rights, and they're going to hang him and then he will be laid beneath the green, green grass of home. Yep. It's a wonderful little story and, um, yeah, it's, you know, un- un- unlike Australian songs, he didn't have to get his girlfriend and call her up after school. Uh, um, he just went to jail. Well, we're in the 60s. They hadn't got to that point yet. No, but that was that wasn't until the 70s then. that the dragon started, you know, uh, meddling with the underage girls. <laughs> All right, so number uh, number three, your good is uh, good old Tommy, the green, green grass yeah. of home. Absolutely. My number three bad is by the Safaris, and it's a thing called Showbiz. Now you remember the? Do you both remember the Safaris? Their big hit, Wipeout. Yes, correct. Oh, Wipeout. Oh, and then, yeah. it, and then it was that great guitar thing dun, 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 uh, that they did, and uh, that was pretty much their claim to fame. Was the fact that they were one of like the Shadows, and uh, like a, a number of bands, they were an instrumental band. They they didn't didn't sing. Well, they did on this thing. Oh. And uh, it's, you know, if you want to make it big in LA, this is what you got to do. The lyrics are as, as cheesy and banal as you could possibly do it. And the, the moral of the story here is if you're a well-known instrumental band, don't sing. So they get my number three, the Safaris with Showbiz. My number Fair three, enough, good. Uh, gee, there are some good songs in this. There's some yes. really good songs in this. 
some surprisingly uh, good songs. I mean, right up the very top, there's a couple of beauties, but we I'm, might have to share out the good ones if rather than get gazumped, pick one of the other. Yeah, well, I'm, I, I am picking ones that I don't think you, you'll have picked because my number three good is an Aussie band. Um, yes. I think they originally came out of Adelaide. Um, and they only just beat another Aussie band who did come out of Adelaide. But this was a band who, who sort of got famous in Melbourne around the this part of the late 60s, 70s. They were on Happening um, 70. They were on Uptight in 68 on television on a Saturday morning. Saw them a few times. I thought this was just a great song. It's the vibrance and there's something about you, baby, that I like. Um they didn't go on to be a big uh, band, big, uh, huge band like the Twilights or the Group or the Groove or any of those bands, but they were good, hard-working little pub band, and this was just a good little song. It was an old four-top song from about three or four years earlier, and they took it, changed it a fair bit and um, had a really good um, uh, bass and uh, rhythm section uh, in it and just good song. So that's my number three in the good, something about your baby that I like by the Vibrance. Now, number right. two, Mr Fine. Okay, number two, bad. Can somebody explain what the song at number 24 is? 24, as I look down my list here. Let me have a look. Uh, 24. 98.6. Hey, 98.6. It's good no, to it's see. 19.6. No, it's 98.6, which is the. Uh, I've got the dodgy chart. It's the temperature that you should be if you are perfectly well and normal, 98.6. I thought it was, uh, yeah, I listened to it. I thought it was a called, called sign for some stupid radio station. It does. Now that now you think of that, but at the time there was no FM station, so you didn't have 98.6 ah, anywhere. Okay. So, right. yeah. I've got 19.6. Yeah, well, you're dead. <laughs> yes, you're clinically – I know that house was cold when you left it today, Brian, but you're clinically dead. Coming up in the next hour, 98.6 <laughs> FM. Here's Misty for Evelyn. Oh. <laughs> Yeah, it's sort of weird, that one. Is it weird or is it just me? I don't know. I don't what? I can't work out what the song was about. 98.6. No, now I know. Yeah. No, no, no. Actually, I quite, I quite like the song, 98.6. Yeah, I just don't know what they were getting on about. I thought, well, I thought it was an FM station, but now you pointed it out. Who sang it? Keith. Yeah, good on you. I like that as well. <laughs> and now, 98.6 by Keith. G'day, yeah, I'm just in here doing the cleaning. And <laughs> Brian said, Keith, why don't you go and sing a song? About, I said, what about? He said, oh, how about the perfect body temperature, Keith? Oh, I don't know. I found the whole thing quite strange. Either that or it's sung by the people of Keith in South Australia, which, by the way, for travellers, and I've counted them, has more toilets per population than any other stop along the way. So if you need a leak, Keith is your place. Okay, next. No, no, the <laughs> counter meals are really, really expensive there and they're not that good. Okay. I vowed never to stop at Keith again. I know what you're saying. It's great for a bit of a crap yeah, but, or a piss, <laughs> but apart from that, just get in there, you know, unburden yourself and get back in the car and get to the next town and buy a little bakery and get a pie. Yeah. I used to like drive, I mean, I used to drive in the state a lot and took the kids. And I'd love when they go, Dad, Dad, I need a toilet. And I said, What do you need to do? Ones or two? Ones. And I'd stop the car and go, There you go. There's no toilet here. <laughs> I, said, yeah. I said, You're not looking carefully. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is, right? But you're standing. Okay. Now, uh, my number two good. Yes. Is, oh, look, 
there's a couple I was going to do, but I feel like I'd be stealing them off you blokes because I know you're, you're that far up the monkeys. You're almost into bestiality. So I'll leave oh. that in. I mean, look, I do like, I think that's a really good song, but I'm going to leave it because uh. then you can tell another story about one of the members, you know. Well, I was, so, I'm not going to do oh, it. Our good friend Mickey Darling. Yeah, that's the thing. <laughs> well, I'll leave it to you boys. All right. So um, I'm going to go for... And I do like this song, and it's coming back to me now. Baby, I need you loving. Johnny Rivers. Yeah, I think it's a great song. I thought you were just talking to Kevin. <laughs> is that is that baby? I mean, <coughs> yeah, is, is that the one? Yep, that's it. Yeah, I love that song. Yep, it's a good song. It's a very good yeah. song. Now, did you yeah, did you give us the bad number two? Was it ninety eight point six? Yeah, it's definitely ninety eight point six. Okay, Keith. Okay, ninety-eight point six by Keith. All right. Well, nineteen point six. Yeah, well, Kevin, if, you, if, you, if you've got obviously, the other I was going to say obviously. Oh, by the way, Kevin, did Brian's you see the first of the valley? Uh, when uh, first at first at uh, Melton Trots? Oh my goodness! Lots no. of Kevin got beaten in the last stride. It was sixty-five bucks again. Oh, okay. Lots of Kevin. Anyhow, back to back to the program. All right, Sorry. number number two, Brian. Good and bad. What do you got? Well, you know, I was—I um, spent a lot of time working on this chart, uh, mm. Kevin. Mm. And oh, uh, good on you, Brian. Great effort. Paul Jones has has, has caught my eye. The Manfred Mad lead singer. Where's that, right? Is that where he's from? Is that's it? him? And he's a bad, bad boy. Is that's he? a good song. Is it a good song? Are you going to put it in the bads, are you? Well, I just figure. I just don't think anybody called Paul is a bad, bad boy, and so I just. You know, I don't know, it's just something about – I think, you know, if you have to tell people you're a bad, bad boy, then you're probably not. Okay. So it all seems a bit hypocritical to me right from the word go. Right. He should be saying – he should be denying it like, no, I'm a good guy. That's what the song should be called. Okay. And then people can work out for themselves that you're a bad, bad boy. But you don't go, you know – I've got a big dick or I'm riding a motorbike and I'm makes me a bikey and tough, yay. No, you let, you know, let people be a little bit intelligent. You don't label yourself. All right. So, um, Paul, I'm sorry, Paul. Um, if his name was Rock or something, I probably would have believed it. But, uh, it <laughs> or wasn't, Brian. So. No, Brian's a shit name. I know that. <laughs> <laughs> and then I've got Francis to go with it. So, wow. Brian Francis Mannix, would you please get on to your number two good? I just be Brian Francis Mannix. <laughs> well, there's a lot to peak, a lot to uh, go with here. Mm. Um, and I think this song needs to be put in. It's not necessarily the one I would put in, but I'm going to do it. It's. Um, Spencer Davies band, give me some love. And Great it's song. A, it's a it's a classic song, and um, any cover band plays it today. It still <laughs> works really well. Crowds still love it, and that's you know that's the sign of a, a great song. Yep. It still works today. So, uh, well done to um, those pricks that did the song. Steve Winwood was Spencer Davies band. Isn't well, it? it's a Spencer Davis group, but Steve Winwood was the singer. Well, at least they weren't letting him write all the songs at that point. Well, he did do some. He, he did do some fairly some pretty good yacht rock. He did do some yacht rock in the eighties into the nineties. But the Spencer Davis group did some great stuff. There's two. They got two songs in this chat. I'm a man, and uh, give me some love. And either you could have whacked either of them in there. I reckon. 
Well, I'll whack anything in there. Okay, fine. Thanks for that. Uh, now, my number, <laughs> <laughs> my number two in the bad. Oh God, I, this, this woman annoys me. Uh, to just gets gets on my goat, as they say in the classics. Oh. And there's very few of her songs that I've actually liked, and yet she's massive, multi-million selling recording artist and probably a particularly nice woman, but for some what reason trick. her voice and the song she sang annoyed the bejesus out of me, and this one more than probably any other one, Colour My World by Petula Clark. Oh. Just my, hang on, Colour My World, it's a giant every day. Oh, what no. Just You've got a very good voice. <laughs> <laughs> You want to buy something? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I want ukulele lessons and singing lessons, please. Um, I'm here for my lessons. Yeah, can you post them to Petula Clark in London? What are you talking about? It's a toy. You're a man. Grow <laughs> <laughs> <Look> up. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Why do you want to buy a toy? <laughs> <laughs> and my number two good, I'm going to give to um, – I would have had Spencer Davidson there, but I'm, I'm happy to uh, to let you grab that one, Brian, and I'll go with – I won't go with the monkeys. No, I will go with – what's wrong with the way I live by the twilights, which was the other South Australian band I was talking about. It's Glenn Shorick, Terry Britton, um, good band, the twilights, just a good – It's a, I think that song only goes about two minutes, but just a nice uh, little uh, kind of Hollies-type song that the twilights did so well, and uh, that was a – Good little song. I liked it a lot. What's wrong with the way I live? By Glenn Shorrock and the Twilights. You got you got ten minutes. Yeah. I thought you were asking what's wrong with the way you live. And um, <laughs> uh, who was it? I think it was Charles Bronson put out a version of that called "What's Wrong with the Way I Look," and uh, didn't do as well. Hmm. Okay. A little bit of insight for everybody there. Thank you very much, Brian, for sharing that with us. Uh, <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> Not quite sure what to say there, Brian, but I'll just I'll move quickly along and right. get to Finey, who's going to give us his number one. Now, so far, Finey's goods, uh, let me have a look here, his goods are The Beat Goes On by Sonny and Cher and Baby I Need Your Lovin' by Johnny Rivers and The Bads, Please Release Me by Engelbert Lumpy Thing and 98.6 by Keith. Yeah, well, yeah, good up, Keithy. Sorry, Keithy. mate. That's, you know, it's just how the marbles fell. So interesting chart. Give me some love and need your love and I'll give you love. Certainly giving away plenty of love in this chart, so yep. just a little observation. Mm-hmm. Um, my number one bad is, and I'm sorry, look, I know you loved it, Brian, but mm. I'm going to see this through. And Snoopy versus the Red Baron. Oh, I first, by the way, I've got the scores, 7.13 to 11.5, so Red Baron actually won. Oh, good. Um, <laughs> yeah. I found it. Show me your papers. Yeah, you know, I mean, Snoopy versus the Red Baron. But it seems a bit silly that you take a World War One ace and you pit him against a, a cartoon kennel. character. So you've got a real person, World War One ace. Hang on. Finding, you there? Yeah, sorry, somebody just rang me up and no, said you're, you're a bastard because <laughs> they love the song. But that's my worst. I don't care. And hopefully this is the last we hear of this Snoopy Red Baron rubbish. Yep, I'm with sorry. you. I'm with sorry. you. Sorry. Oh, wow. I, yeah. I, when it came on the radio when I was a kid, I used to go, oh, get this shit off. Correct. I loved it. 
Yeah, I know yeah. you did, but oh, honestly. Said bloody. It swore on the radio. It was fantastic. Yeah, see, I was, more, was... I was more cutting edge than you, Brian. I liked Ballad of John and Yoko because they said, Christ, you know it ain't easy. No, uh, I liked punk rock because they said the F word. Oh, yeah, okay. And this was the early signs. This was the punk rockest thing I could get when I was six. <laughs> the flying, saying bloody. The flying I'm guardsman. I'm allowed to sing it because it's about blood, not about being dirty. Love it. The Thanks, royal guardsman was. Get, let me get the record. Punk my rock. first record. And your number one song from uh, March of 1967, Mark Fine. You can't be good value. Now that I'm in retail, I know, I know how far a good deal goes. Mm-hmm. So when you get on the same single, let's spend the night together and review Tuesday, you have to put it on top because that oh. is bloody good value. They're yeah. two good songs. They are. Yeah. Which of the two do you like better? Uh, let's spend the night together. Yeah. Great. Yeah, because there you get every night of the week. Ruby Tuesday, you only get one night. And, <laughs> but, but the good thing was we had a player in, uh, in our cricket team, Ruby, Nickname and he became Ruby Tuesday, became Tuesday, and it was a really good nickname for him because he never did well during the week, but he was brilliant in the nets on Tuesday. So, <laughs> so it was just perfect. But <laughs> let's spend the night together. Yeah, I like that. Yeah, and good I, song. A couple of good songs there. You can't beat valuable. Yes, absolutely. Oh, That's the special at the Fine Delicatessen this week. Uh, so there's the number one, let's spend the night together, and the number one bad, Snoopy and the Red Baron. Mr Mannix, so far in your goods, you've got Green Green Grass at home and give me some lovin', and your bad, you've got Summer Wine by Nancy Sinatra, and I've been a bad, bad boy by Paul Jones. Number one good and number one bad. Well, I'll start with number one bad and um – Look, I've long, I think I mentioned on this show that I think it's a really big mistake to put a girl's name into the song because if you say, Julie, 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 do you love me? It's great for all the Julie. Yes, Brian. With the Susans, the Cathy's, the Mary Ann's, the uh, Rachel's, the Bernadette's, they get nothing out of it. Fatima. So... Fatima, she's well. She she gets enough out of me as it is. All right, let's not get into that. And anyway, <laughs> God, I'm going to get assassinated. <laughs> um, so I think you know to have a girl's name in a song is a big mistake because you alienate you know three quarters of your audience. But to have the same girl's name in it twice, like Pamela, Pamela. Oh, you know, I look. I'm enjoying Pammy versus Tommy. That's that's terrific, but um, no, Pamela, Pamela, number seven um, by um, Wayne Fontana. I was going to say Wayne Rooney, but Wayne um, Fontana and the Mindbenders. The Mindbenders. That's the name of his group. That's a pretty cool name, actually. They had groovy kind of love. So is, is it a good song, Pamela, Pamela? Oh, it's yeah. a it's a sixty seven pop song. That's what it is, yeah, Pamela, Pamela. And then remember the days when it, yeah, it's a, it's a nineteen sixty seven pop song. Okay, well, what I'm going to go for for my number one good one, <laughs> and as we said, you know, like, you know, I'm a believer, fine, he's put that in. And, no, he didn't. Um, I'll, I'll I didn't put it in. No, I he deferred. didn't put it in. I deferred. You're going to put it in. No, I was going to put in this one because I figure this one needs to be put in. Of course, I'm a believer deserves to be in there. Well, I'm but, not putting um, it in. Uh-oh. Well, we've mentioned it so people know that we all think it's worthy. But I think this one will get... 
left away if I don't put it in. And mm. I'm going to go for number two, Georgie Girl by the Seekers. I reckon it's such Hang a on, but that's only good for girls called Georgie. Yeah. Good point, Finey. I'm such a hypocrite. What a What a, a wonderful, wonderful point of order there from Mr. Fine wins the day. I think maybe she's from Georgia in America or she's from... Hey there, Georgie, Georgie girl, girl, sitting on the thing-so thingy thing, whatever it is. What is it sitting on the thing-so thingy? Well, thing? what's the lyric? Hey there, Georgie girl, swinging down the street, so fancy free. That's what I said. You said sitting on the, the thingy, thingy thing. with the thingy thingy. thingy the thingy That's thingy. it. And I think you mentioned the words right up here, which I <laughs> is totally inappropriate. <laughs> it stuck it up here, Georgie. We did, Georgie. No, yeah, it was Ted Whitten didn't write this song, <laughs> Kev. Jeez, I had it. it. It went very close to making my number one worst. Ted Whitten? No, Georgie Girl. Oh, no. It's a, it's a, it's a cool little song. It's, oh. I reckon it's right up there with Feeling Groovy by um, Simon and Garfunkel. Very similar vibe. Really? Slow down. You move too fast. Oh, I like that and song, then, the 59 Street Bridge song. I love that. Hey there, Georgie girl. No, don't like that. It's sort of those no. songs when you're walking down the street and you're just enjoying crap around you. You're yeah, but most stoned. But. So was Tony Barber's, uh, you know, Cambridge Whistler thing was made you feel like that too. Why do you reckon I started smoking? <laughs> yeah, it was fantastic. Okay. Tony taught me the way. All right, so there, uh, there it is. Georgie Girl by uh, the Seekers joins. Give me some love it and green green grass at home. And Pamela Pamela joins. I've been a bad bad boy. That could be the same song. And summer wine by uh, Nancy Sinatra in your list. So that's I have uh, something about your baby I like by the Vibrance, and uh, that's uh, what's wrong with the way I live by the Twilights is my good, my bad a showbiz by the Safaris and Color My World by Petula Clark. Mm. So my number one bad is, yeah. uh, and I don't, I don't like putting Aussies in there, but this is just an awful song. No. Number thirty nine is called Juliet, and not for the reasons that it was a girl's name, but Tony Cole's the bloke's name. He came back oh. in nineteen seventy three and had a, quite a nifty little song called The Hook. Um, he went off to England and wrote uh, for Cliff Richard and wrote for the New Seekers and did all that stuff, but this. Juliet song that he did in 1967, I don't remember ever seeing it and I had to listen to it today and it's it's pretty bad. Thank goodness he wrote uh, the thing called The Hook and beg still or borrow for the new seekers later on because Juliet is just pretty bloody awful. Tony, just because they're late, Tony Cole, not with us anymore. Look, I, you know, we all have our bad days um, as writers or artists. But what happened to this man the day he wrote Juliet is, you know, that was crazy. Could be. It was, you know, he should have been locked up and put in a home mm. after writing the first verse. It was it was nuts from day, from line one. Couldn't agree more. Uh, now, uh, apologies to Al Martino who, if, if it wasn't for his mafia connections, he might have got into my worst with Daddy's Little Girl. Is that an awful and, song? And he did, and he did play. For Hawthorne and Richmond. <laughs> Mantello, not Martino. Mantello, yeah, yeah. Mantello. Uh, the Winchester Cathedral Boys, the what are they called? The um, the new vaudeville band, their peekaboo thing, that was pretty bad. Uh, it's not, how, how did that go? Peekaboo. Yeah. Uh, I can remember Win- Winchester Cathedral off the top of my head because it, it got played a lot. This thing is like uh, – 
the new vaudeville band were like this band that did the uh, stuff with the megaphone thing. Winchester Cathedral. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's yeah. So it was, yeah, it was one of those sort of songs. Um, yeah, good. So they, they went pretty close to getting Poor in band. there. Um, but uh, in the end, I've gone for uh, Juliet by Tony Cole. My best, well, yes, I, right. I didn't pick. I'm a believer, the Neil Diamond song for the monkeys because I thought Mannix is going to put that in at number one. Well, we've acknowledged that it deserves to be in there. Yeah, it does. So, but there's so many good songs here. It's, well, see, Normie yeah. Rose, It's Not Easy, that's a good song. Oh. He sings that really well. Man, I love the way he sings. Good Vibrations is in this chart by the Beach Boys. Yeah. Um, the, the, the other Spencer Davis group, man, Dancing in the Streets by the Mamas and Papas, their version of that is the best version of that song. Uh, far exceeds the Bowie bloody Mick Jagger. Yeah. Horrible. That homoerotic video. Yes. Yes, exactly. That is just one of the worst versions of that song ever. But the mummers and You know what I always say about that? I say that that video clip is so clearly homosexual and I say there's nothing wrong with it. Oh, actually, there is. Not being homosexual, but there's everything wrong with that clip. <laughs> yes, I'm with you. Uh, so I'm going to make my number one uh, scene that uh, we've decided the monkeys won't be in there. Buddy England's moving man nearly got there, but I'm going to go with Happy Jack by The Who. Great little song. Oh, right. Great little song by The Who. Very good. Yep, good Very band. Good. Deserved to be in there. Probably if I uh, – I would have put the monkeys in there ahead of the Who probably, but then I would have had the Who in there somewhere as well. Well, we've acknowledged that the monkeys, they they don't even need to qualify. They just went straight into the Hall of Fame and we were nominating the other ones. Yeah. We missed uh, Johnny Young who was in there with a little thing called Kiss Me Now, which goes for a minute 33. Goodness me. Did you hear his follow-up to that? What was that called? Suck Me Off. <laughs> I had to ask, didn't I? Yeah, sorry. <laughs> and Sorry by the Group is another song that I wanted to mention. That's Brian Cantor. Yeah, yeah, I'm glad, Cantor. Okay. That's I'm glad what Sorry did come at the end of this segment. Yes. That's what you're saying after, um, after uh, you've sung Johnny Jung's second song. Yeah, fine. Thanks, Brian. Uh, Actually, can you go? Finish. Can you go and park your trolley and your, your uh, shopping trolley and that underneath the bridge there at Airport West again tonight, if you wouldn't uh, mind? Now, I've I, I got a funny story, actually, about um, – Uh-oh. Was playing in Darwin and at the Blue Heeler Bar, and we had a large First Nation group in the audience, which is great. And then I'm looking down at the set list, and we've got Black Knight, um, Black Dog, um, Black Magic, and there's all these songs. And I went up to Marty, the keyboard player, and I said, Mate, have you seen the set list of all these songs? Are we, you know, we're going to be cool playing these? And he goes, oh, nah, we better drop sorry. (laughs) 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 Terrible thing to say. (laughs) And on that note... It's a joke, everybody. It's a joke. I have lots of First Nation friends. We bid you farewell from, uh, from Rock and Roll for another week. It's been swell. You've I'm been swell, you've been now. swell, Brian. You really have. I hope you find somewhere to live. <laughs> well, I've got an old box that the um, the pot water system came in, and that'll certainly be right for summer. Beautiful. 
We look forward to uh, seeing where you're living next week and, uh, you know, another four-minute 31 video of you saying goodbye to another part of your anatomy. Um. (laughs) Let me tell you, I'm looking forward to the four-minute 31 video of him saying goodbye to his old box. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Finey. Thank you. We'll we'll see you boys next week. Bye-bye for now. Bye. Go, Go, Bombers. You've just experienced rock and roll. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Facebook. 